This podcast was produced in collaboration with King Kaburundi and the Baobab Network. Have you ever been asked where you're from and you proudly respond Burundi? Did you get the, oh, okay, response? And you could tell that the person had no idea where that is. Trust me, I know the feeling all too well. These conversations can be awkward, and I've had hundreds of them. Sometimes all you need is an icebreaker or simply something to show your pride. Well, Tuguma has something for you. For those who haven't heard of Tuguma, Tuguma is an apparel line created by a Burundian for proud Burundians and friends of Burundi. The designs are great conversation pieces that will educate the masses. And guess what? You can be a great part of this movement. It's really simple. Go to tuguma.com, that is T-U-G-U-M-A.com, pick your favorite designs, and they will ship right to your door. Wear your pride, educate, and add some swagger to your closet. Tuguma.com. Welcome to Street Grammar. This is King, your host. Today, we're going to be speaking to Alenda Ishimie from Finding Burundi. We'll let him introduce himself and then we'll proceed. Go ahead, Alain. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, King, for, for having me. My name is uh, Alain, like you said. Uh, Ruvugana is actually my uh, grandfather's name, uh, but my own name is uh, Daishimie. Um, but I go by Alain Ruvugana on social media, so if you want to find me, you can find me there. Uh, I'm a Burundian, Canadian. Uh, I've been living in Canada for the past 10 years. Uh, I'm also a podcaster. I host a podcast called Finding Burundi um, that you can find anywhere where podcasts are found. And uh, I'm very excited to, to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm going to ask you right away the first question. Uh, since we're talking about podcasting, what is Finding Burundi? What does it consist of? Um, so Finding Burundi, as you can probably tell from the name, is uh, about, on the grand scheme of things, is about um, understanding uh, Burundi better. Um, yeah. And to understand why that matters to me or why I think it might matter to my listeners is that, as you probably know, Burundi is an interesting but complex country. Um, <laughs> say the least. I always say that uh, Burundi is small and there's few of us Burundians, but um, every other Burundian that you've talked to has experienced Burundi differently from the way that you've experienced Burundi. And so for me, I found that, especially when I moved here to Canada, that's when um, I started meeting Burundians from different walks of life. Uh, prior to that, all Burundians I met had a similar story to mine. And when I started meeting Burundians that had different stories from mine, that's when it opened up my opened my eyes to, well, there's a whole lot of understanding of Burundi and a lot of side of Burundi that I don't know of. And so that's why I started this podcast and called it Finding Burundi because my goal is to meet different people uh, that have experienced Burundi differently, to meet people that have a different story from mine. Um, but I also want to interview, you know, community leaders. I want to talk to artists. I want to talk to activists. I want to talk to writers, to entrepreneurs about how their work enhances the way that we understand Burundi. And so 
I've talked to my friends. I've talked to people that I've seen, you know, on the internet. Um, I've talked to writers, um, activists, uh, and I'm still looking for more people to talk to so that my, primarily, my understanding of Burundi um, is a more rounded understanding of Burundi. I don't want to stay in my own bubble uh, of Burundi. And so that's why I started the podcast. So that's what the podcast is about in a nutshell. It's exactly what I get. That's why I have you today so you can explain it to people. Um, I've had to actually sit, tell somebody, go listen to that podcast and then we can talk about Burundi. Right. And oh, after, so it's really fascinating when you actually allow so much uh, subjectivity to come together. And right. like you say, it's a round understanding. Right. And there's a lot of a conversation you've had that I wouldn't necessarily have with, you know, friends, you know, right. or that I would have with my friends. But, you know, our ethnic and political divides don't allow us to understand each other's perspective. Right. And right. it's not that they don't allow us. And, and I want to correct you there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, No, no, it's OK. Go I, ahead. I correct very, me. I get very passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, please. Know that our ethnic uh, differences or political differences don't allow us to to understand each other. It's just that we are, as Burundians, are comfortable in being in our own bubbles. Yeah. So you find that for whatever social, economic, or ethnic background that you come from, you're surrounded by people who are similar to you. Yes. And that's human because people generally don't like to, um, we like to be comfortable. And so mm-hmm. by sticking to those bubbles, you all you know is your own story. So until you step out of that bubble and start interacting and engaging with other communities, uh, the story of Burundi that you carry will be your own story of Burundi. But like I started saying in the beginning, I feel like the story of Burundi is complex and is as diverse as the millions of Burundians that make up Burundi, right? Exactly. No, but you know what? I stand corrected because I tend to be a semantist, but today I just, I want to relax and just let you drive the conversation. No, no, um, I'm on your podcast. No, so let me, I, no, I, let and, me. And believe you me, being on this side of the, of, of the, of, of the podcast is difficult for me, but I'm going to try and, and be as engaging as I can. You, you sound like a natural, so, you know, I, I have no complaints. I have no complaints so far. And, right. uh, but what I wanted to say is that, I, I like the fact that you're actually passionate about how, you know, the, the, the question is perceived. Because I used to see it as an issue, you know, us talking to each other. Because growing up, being exposed to all these differences, but not being able to actually talking to people who are in my bubble about it made me uncomfortable. And I had to step out. And this, my own, my, I call it my own station. Nobody can tell, tell me what I can say, who I can speak to, right? And I think it's more, not doesn't allow us, we don't allow ourselves, you know? We don't let ourselves just be part of a broader narrative. Anyway, so um, can you tell how important it is to you to share these experiences? Because it's an experience. Like when you talk to people, they kind of let you in their lives, right? In their yeah. perspective in, and also in, in also sometimes their passions. And it's not really easy. How important is it for you to share these experiences with, with the listeners? Because you can keep it to yourself. You can literally just have those conversations and coffee and just, yeah. you know. Well, it's very important for 
you know, a number of reasons. One, I find that especially there's not a lot of English media um, within the Burundian community uh, where we can share these stories. Um, and so when I'm speaking that I haven't heard a story like the stories I do, it's probably because of my own language uh, restrictions because I, I only speak English and Kirundi. Um, and I do know that there are certain conversations that happen in Burundi, in Kirundi, uh, that maybe I, as someone who doesn't live in Burundi, don't get to uh, have access, I don't have access to those, to those stories. So it's very important for me because before I started this uh, podcast, excuse me, I was involved, I've been involved with a wide variety of Burundian initiatives, um, both locally and on a more like connected level. Um, I was part of uh, this Burundian life, the blog, um, pre-2015, and then after that, that blog sort of has been on a hiatus, I could say, yeah. uh, from uh, 2015 up until now. Uh, maybe afterwards, after that. Um, and so we found that the more we shared the stories, that people w were appreciating the stories that others were sharing. And when I have conversations with either my friends or colleagues or people I work on different brand initiatives with, I have like two hour long conversations, one hour long conversation. And I'm always going like, oh, I wish someone could hear this. Yeah, I could right? record it. <laughs> Right, right. So I was like, you know what, let me start actually a podcast where I can, you know, properly plan um, and have these conversations be heard. And I've done different topics, I've talked to different types of people, and different topics get different reactions and feedback. But it's very important for me, even, and I, as um, you probably know, as someone who does the podcast, it's a lot of work. And I, I am my I am the first audience. Yeah. So if I love something and I think if I think it has value to me, because I go back and I listen, because I don't do a lot of talking in my podcast. I do a lot of interviewing and a lot of listening. And when you're interviewing, yes, you're listening in the moment, but I sometimes go back just so I can hear that person one more time. And if I find value in that, I know that other people are also going to find value in in that uh, composition. That's good. That's good. Um now, I know I skipped this part, but I, I really don't like to talk about, you know, your personal experience before, you know, get comfortable. And also, it's something that you want to have someone share willingly, right? Um, like, I mean, I'm not a journalist. Nobody's paying me. So I, I, have, no, <laughs> I have no incentive into prying, but I'm going to ask you your personal story, right? How does it drive you? You say that you, you weren't born in Burundi. You discovered, right. you discovered Burundi recently. Or not recently, but at an older age, right? And uh, you recently traveled to Burundi, which we're going to talk about. I have one specific moment that I would like to talk about. But how does it drive you to continue and to be also to calmly continue? Because I think having a complex background like we do, like our country and our history, sometimes you can just feel like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to switch. Like, I'm going to stay on this side because... I'm Canadian now. I can just say, look, I'm Canadian now. I just let's let's talk about Quebec and Montreal and let other people handle that. So what how does it drive your personal story to to continue talking to Burundians and sharing their stories? Well, so <laughs> that's a good question. Um my story is not um it's not a special story. It's a, it's my story is a is a is a is a very fundamentally Burundian story. Um a, a lot of 
people, I know a lot of people that have similar stories to mine, uh, but I mean, I don't mind sharing it because I've shared it before, either whether it's on Twitter or on this in life or on my podcast. Um, I was, not, I was not born in Burundi, I was born in Rwanda, um, because my parents were refugees from, uh, who ran out from Burundi in 1972. Um, we know what happened in 1972, we don't like to name it sometimes because we are Burundians and it gets uncomfortable, but there was a genocide in Burundi in <laughs> 1972, which uh, my parents fled from, uh, found themselves in Rwanda where I was born, and we know that in 1994 there was also a genocide in Rwanda, um, then we left there. Uh, I lived in Tanzania, lived in a refugee camp since then, Tanzania, uh, then Malawi. Uh, then I moved to Canada, uh, at, I think I was 18 or 19, uh, to go to university here. And the one I always tell people that they, as you can tell from what I've just told you, I've actually never lived, Canada is the country I've lived the longest, which, I mean, I'm only, I'm 31 now. Um, Real? But yeah, yeah. So, because I, I lived in Malawi for like maybe six or eight years, and I've lived in Canada for over 10 years now. Canada is the country I've lived uh, the longest. And of all, throughout all of those moves, the one thing that have remained constant, the one part of my identity, I can't identify as Tanzanian or Malawian. Uh, I'm now I identify as Canadian, of course, but the one thing that has remained constant was that I was Burundian because our parents uh, were very uh, intentional about making sure that we know we're Burundians. And even at the time that we lived in, in the refugee camps, uh, there was always hope that one day we're gonna go back home uh, and home was always Burundi. And so I went home for the first time in 2007. So I just graduated high school, um, I was about, I just turned 18 and and it, it was sort of out of this world to me that I'm about to become an adult and I've never stepped foot in my home country. And so I made a trip there and it was the first time and I remember so well because it was, uh, I lived in Malawi at the time, and it was the first time that I was in a place where I could understand what everyone was saying um, for the first time in a long time, where everybody's in Burundi. And one image that has stood, have, has stuck with me was when we were, uh, we went to the main market in Bujan, central Bujan, this was before uh, Ikat was on fire. And, you know, the voices of people selling things, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, coming and buy things. All of those things. And I remember just being in awe of like, oh my God. It's happening. Yeah, everybody's speaking Kirundi here. It's like, this is wild. And we would go on the public bus and I, I'm talking to like my brother, or my sister, or my relative on the bus. And because I'm not used, usually when we lived in Malawi, if you're on public transit and you're speaking to someone who's Burundian or Rwandese, you can speak Kirundi and you're in your own world. And for the first time, I was in the world that I shared with others, you know. Um, and so it was both incredibly amazing and just really, really strange, but in a very, very good way. And so, and I've gone to Burundi since uh, a few more times and every time it's different and I get to learn something new but that constant of being Burundian is it's it's the same it's one it's something that I hold dear to uh and something that I know I can be I'm Canadian because I chose to be Canadian right uh but 
I was born Burundian. And so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, very uh, special to, to be Burundian. And that's why as easy as it would be to just forget about Burundi, it's actually not that easy because there are times where it's very frustrating and the things that are happening in the country are frustrating. And they're just like, man, all of the things that we're doing won't amount to anything because it's just too difficult. Um, but one thing I've learned is that you can try to do what you can in the best way that you can. Um, and hopefully others are doing the same and together some sort of magic can happen. That's, it's, sorry. So um, people might hear us laugh with right. maybe the word genocide is said because, you know, the context you just said, we tend to not want to talk about it or right. you know the hair laugh it might be awkward for some people this is kind of like me saying this is how burundians are this is us oh, yeah. you know <laughs> you can't you know you can't really understand unless you really step in for a while and understand how we actually talk about certain things and i think there's also a question of language right right um how do you feel now that you have recently gone and then came back about the recent development in burundi I know it's not a question that was asked, in, but I just want to know how you feel. It's nothing about the politics, but just how do you feel about it? Like, how confident are you? I feel more confident than I was in 2015. And it's weird because I was very critical back then of the whole, everybody. I was critical of everyone, like literally anyone who was involved by, in politics or anything. But now I'm more hopeful. I don't know why, but... <laughs> uh, I mean... There are certainly reasons to be more hopeful um, than in 2015. The crisis was real and a lot of people lost lives and people left their livelihoods. Um, all of those things were real. Um, my most recent trip, so I was there in December 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and it was probably the most meaningful one because I was there for two months. Um, I'd been wanting to go to Burundi for an extended period of time not just for two weeks or a week for vacation, where I could, you know, be still in Burundi. So this trip allowed me to do that, which I'm so thankful for. And there are two fronts to, uh, to my trip. So the first one is it's personal. Yeah. And I got a lot of, you know, flack on Twitter for, uh, for I suppose, my attitude towards being in Burundi in, in 2019. But, but I didn't mind it because... So, like I've just told you my personal story. Yeah. Uh, so for me, there's the personal, then there's political. And they meet oftentimes, they're, they're the same. Um, but for some people, uh, be, especially for me, I will not speak in general, i speak for myself. I, I find um, that being in Burundi, just being there, um, besides of everything that's going on, there's a value to me in experiencing that joy of being home because it is not, it's not something that sometimes you may take for granted, but it's not something that I can take for granted because it's not something that I've uh, actually experienced. And so when I was in Burundi in December, um, it was, I made a, cautious, a conscious decision to harvest, so to speak, the joys of being in your home country. So, I enjoyed very, very ordinary things about being in Burundi and being in Bujar, you know, just going for a jog in 
you know, at uh, at uh, Jardin Public or going for coffee, like at a coffee shop, going shopping, Quasioni, like just really, really simple things. And I was communicating those feelings on Twitter, and um, and I know that some of more my more activist friends or colleagues might have been disappointed that I'm not talking about the ills of things that are happening in Burundi. But I, I was very protective also of my experience as a Burundian living in Burundi. You have um, to. That even though I know there was a lot of things that were going wrong and, and I could see them, and I some of them I've experienced personally, um, it was very important for me to just be, right? So in terms of whether things, how do I feel about the future? Um, I think every Burundian is probably more op optimistic about the future than they were in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, there's a new government that is saying right things. We'll see if the government will go on and actually do right things. Um, Burundi politically has a history of overlooking injustices that have happened in the past and kind of patching things up. Um, it's, it's one of our biggest uh, issue uh, because every single crisis that has happened, we've sort of put together mechanisms to move forward. Yeah. And I think it comes from the fact that Burundians, we've gone through a lot. Um, and I think often it's easier to just be like, you know what, we just want relief. Um, so I'm not sure that things that happened in 2015 and the people that are responsible for 2015 and the crisis, are, I'm not sure there'll be justice for the people we lost and livelihoods that were destroyed. Uh, I can't be optimistic about it because if you go by history, that's not something that we've done in the past. And so that doesn't make me feel good. Um, my hope is that and we, Burundi always has like a stretch of time where things are like kind of okay. Like it's always like a 10 years. <laughs> and 30, if you're lucky, it's 13, right? <laughs> right, right. If you're lucky, it's 13, but yeah, it's always yeah. like 10 years. So 10 years, I mean, yeah. we could be entering into that period of time where like things will be sort of okay for the next 10 years or so. But I, I, I sincerely hope that, you know, this lasts. I hope we, we all, not just they, because this is an issue that I've noticed that when we, as Burundians talk about, you know, Burundi, we, we tend to be like they, the Burundians, not me, but I hope we take it as an opportunity. Really, I'm, and I usually, I rarely use the word hope, right? but I, 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 I hope that we take the opportunity to actually, you know, make things better. Like, you know, look at those little opportunities that we can do to change the next step, you know? Um, you, you, you talked about your, your recent trip, right? And I really like the fact that you, made it a conscious effort to experience it for you because there's always you know when you're like you're a public figure you know so it's it's hard to balance you know the expectations versus your own you know your own experience and expectation of your experience right but i would really like to be the guy who set the expectation and go back to a tweet that you tweeted on uh, the 23rd of April, 2018, that really described uh, how I usually describe what I remember. Cause you know, many people don't know uh, my family, we left in 99 and never went back. 
but I feel connected because we are all connected somehow. And the education and the history, we speak Irundi at home. We, we have a long conversation about, you know, these events, which I hear is not a common uh, occurring in many families. And yeah. we, we, we don't talk, we don't have conversation. We have debates, right? <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm lucky because I don't drink because I think that would go overboard because I can get <laughs> very passionate. But this, this tweet describes your, your, um, your trip to Rumonge, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have it in front of you and if you can read it again and just maybe... <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I know the tweet you're talking about. <laughs> okay. So yeah. it, it talks about, you know, the feeling and, and it's really honest and it's, it's not, it's, it's not happy. It's not sad. It's just, and I read it and I had goosebumps because I have a friend, we work together in Montreal. We, we walk a lot, right? We walk and we're talking about philosophy and stuff that, you know, we just keep to ourselves just because we're just out thinking, right? The, the other day, the, the, the last time I, I told him, can you, can you stand? For a second, we're under big trees, and I said, "You see this breeze?" <laughs> and since then, he never let go. So he's like, "So how is Montreal?" Because now he's traveling. He's like, "How is Montreal?" I was like, "Ah, you know." <laughs> and when we have a te- and we laugh about it, but when I saw you describe, I was like, "That's that's it. That that's." Right. And making a conscious effort to just make it your experience before you try to leave it through others you know what i mean mm-hmm. like the people who had expectations so how how i don't know if you remember what you were going through at the moment on that trip right yeah oh uh, well <laughs> that trip was actually interesting because um i i did the same trip again so that was in 2018 i went in april i think 2018 mm-hmm. then i went back again in uh december 20 uh, november rather 2019 and i went back to Romonga and unfortunately it's still the same <laughs> uh, <laughs> why unfortunately <laughs> well because because the road oh the road uh, from okay. Buja to Romonga is i think 45 minutes uh 45 kilometers rather so it's not far um but it takes you like an hour and a half to get there because the road is just in like very 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 bad state so, but besides that, it's one of the most beautiful drives I've, I've ever been on because, you know, on your right-hand side, you have the hills that we sort of associate Burundi with, Kumutumba, Kugasozi, with trees, and it's like really beautiful and, and very Burundi-like uh, on your right-hand side. And then to your left, you have uh, the blue water of Lake Tanganyika. Um, and then you can see like on the other side um, of uh, Lake Tanganyika uh, in Congo. Um, and then on the shores of Lake Tanganyika, you have uh, palm trees. So, you know, where people farm the uh, palm oil food or whatever it is called. <laughs> um, and so imagine you're driving on this road and like, you know, I went, it was during the rainy season, so it was quite green. Um, so to your left-hand side, you have these hills which are green. And then on the other side, you have blue water and green palm trees. It's such an idyllic, beautiful, um, beautiful place. I've never been to Bali, but every time I've seen pictures of Bali from friends that have gone, have traveled there, it reminds me of that sort of like aesthetic of Umonge. And so it was quite, um, it, it was I was like, oh man, this place is so beautiful. And then you're also like, oh man, I can't believe we haven't done so much with this place because it has a lot of potential. Yeah. 
that was where the the um came from. That's pretty cool, man. I, I I get emotional when I read this again, but that's that's personal. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna cut it out out of the podcast because people <laughs> might think I'm I'm going cuckoo. But uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> about now about talking to strangers, right? Mm-hmm. Does talking to Burundians still feel like talking to strangers or family, or do you still feel like there is much to find? I think you've already answered in the beginning, but you know, if there is more to is, or do you feel like it's becoming a pattern? No, no, no. Because so, no, because uh, like, I've, like I've said before, even though I talk to strangers and I talk to friends uh, or people that I know. And um, it doesn't feel, when you're talking to Burundians, even though we have a lot of differences, we also have a lot of things in common. So, for example, when you said, I kind of have an, an image of, of Irigara under the tree, people listening to the radio or listening Thank to you. music or something. <laughs> like, like a meeting, it's a meeting place and someone is playing like a CD or something. And so, it, 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 like, I, I have that image. So, even though you and I don't know each other, that's something that, uh, you know, that any Burundian will immediately recognize. Um, and so it doesn't feel like um, like um, I'm talking to strangers, but also most of the time the people that I talk to know something that I don't know. And so I bring curiosity to the table, to the conversation, and that allows me to have, to open my mind to things that I didn't know, the possibilities of a Burundi that I'm not aware of, um, and because I love most things Burundi, I am more than happy to to talk to those people. And so it doesn't actually feel like strangers. It feels like, you know, when you're sitting down and like your uncle is telling you a story or your friend is telling you a story, like it's it's kind of the same. And 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 it shows in your in your podcast because you really let the other person have space. As opposed to me where I just talk over everybody. But no, no, I mean, I, I, lo- I love this this exchange. Um, okay. I, 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 I really <laughs> do because I, for me, I, I try to, I do a lot of listening and I actually hate my own voice, believe it or not. And so, <laughs> but I, no, I, don't, I don't hate it, but it's kind of annoying for me to listen to myself. So I try to do as little talking as possible and let my guests talk. But I really love the conversational uh, side of this. Because there's a lot of exchange that is very, very helpful. You did say that you hate your voice. All right. Now, for the podcasters or wannabe podcasters out there, listen, this is experience that he just talked about. Yeah, get ready. You're, you're going to hate your voice. Yeah. What, what do you do to get over that? Because you still talk, so. I, I do. I do talk. And, and I mean... Do you listen? Is there an exercise? Or... I mean, you know how it is. Like when you're editing, you obviously have to listen, right? <laughs> so you, it might be because I also have to listen to it over and over again before I put it out. Uh-huh. Um, and so you're listening to your own voice over and over again, uh, which I don't know. It's not that pleasant. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, but it's funny. But oh. Uh, uh... You know, I'm going to tell, I mean, for anyone out there who's listening, you know what I did? I I did my first uh, edit, like, two hours. It was with Judy Kael, right? Right. Uh, who's really active, and, you know, she's doing a great job. Sometimes very, can cut scene, too, and both sides are against her, but she's still thriving. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of hers. I, I, I'm I, a fan, too. I'm a fan. It's just a, sometimes I wish I could have the... You know, the first conversation we had in private and just ask her some questions just to understand sometimes 
how she does things. But right. um, when I was listening to that and I listened to my voice, I'm like, why do you keep talking? Right. And I hated my voice so much because I was just like, you're learning something, but we're exchanging. So I decided to go in front of a mirror and just speak <laughs> right. until I got tired and bored. Yeah. And I just, okay, now it's okay. I, I kind of <laughs> love my voice now. I kind of accept it. Um, yeah. My next question uh, would be, I guess, uh, to, so it doesn't feel like strangers, but um, does, does having a platform allow you to learn about yourself? Oh, yeah. No, most definitely. So, and what have you learned? I've learned a lot of things. So <laughs> um, one of the things that I've learned, so one is, um, one, the, 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 I, I, I suppose the biggest takeaway is you learn about how you work. So um, I've done some collaborative uh, podcasts where it's not just an interview. So for example, the, like my proudest episode is the one that I did on the politicization of um, our ethnic identities. So basically, how did become being Umuhutu and being Umututsi become political um, in Burundi? And um, I was doing that podcast with uh, Isaac and Ichimhaye, who uh, is someone I consider a friend, uh, and he really pushed um, me in ways that um, that I found so helpful. And got to learn a lot about, you know, not just because I had ideas about how I wanted this to go. Uh, and then he also had ideas. And then we came together and made this uh, episode um, that I think, I mean, I still think it's, it, I mean, it's, it's my favorite uh, episode that we've done so far. And so it's taught me a lot about, it taught me a lot about uh, being collaborating with other people, um, being open. Yeah, it's my podcast, but also being open to ideas of the people that you're working with, uh, but also uh, what my working style is and when I'm working collaboratively with other people. I, I, I'm, I'm a collaborative person by nature, and so that wasn't necessarily a challenge, uh, but I'm also, I have ways that I'm setting my ways in terms of like how I want some, some things to go. And so being open to those changes was was very, very helpful. So that's one specific example. But in 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 other term, in other sort of ways, um, I've learned about myself by learning about others, right? Because when I speak to people who have different experiences from mine, um, you learn about boy. Wait a minute. How did I get to make to this position? How did I get to concluding that this is how things are supposed to be? And how come this person doesn't uh, feel the same way that I feel? So at the beginning of the 2015 crisis, I interviewed um, uh, Roland Ruggiero, uh, who is a Burundian writer, and it was. Um, I was very fascinated by his take on the crisis um, and, and I wanted to understand sort of like why a person like him would end up with the positions that he had at the time. Um, and he was publishing a lot of like opinion pieces in uh, different media uh, outlets. Um, and so I became fascinated by, by how he uh, how he formed his opinions on what's going on in Burundi. And in learning about him, I learned also about how I had come why do because a lot of things we believe if you actually think about it think about why you believe them <laughs> and <laughs> and so by talking to different people I've learned about why I believe in the things that I believe in and that's 
just mind blowing to me and just so helpful because it's very rare that you sit down and question your own beliefs, right? That's another great one for the listeners. Right. You want to learn about yourself? Talk to people. Talk right. to <laughs> talk to people who you think you know. Right. And just let that conversation grow and brew. And it, once you feel uncomfortable, maybe walk away, but come back. Come back until you're a level where you can actually, you know, hear yourself in the other person. It's, it's, right. it's very fascinating, you know. Well, the next question is, uh, we've, we've asked how important it is to share the uh, origin of stories, uh, or, origin of stories, but is, it, is there any stories that you haven't, shared or are reluctant to share no no i mean i don't think i have any story that i'm reluctant to share um but i have stories that i want to share i have a lot so as you know you're a podcaster one man podcast man it's a lot of work (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, from like i have so many plans of stories that i'd love to tell but i don't have the capacity to do it because it's 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 just a lot of work for one person so and i wish i could put out episodes like every other week every week but often i'm not able to not because there is lack of stories mm-hmm. but because i don't just I, i'm busy i don't have the time um to do it but also i would love to do um a lot of content uh, not content i hate don't like that word necessarily but i'd love to produce um episodes of the podcast in collaboration with people that are in burundi yeah because it's just a different thing and 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 for me i i have hunger for stories from burundi um because like i said before as an english-speaking burundian my only source of story news stories is iwachu which i have to translate using google translate so it's a mess so (laughs) Uh, so I'd love to do more stories um, collaboratively with people that are in Burundi or in other parts of uh, of the world. Um, I'd love to do casual stories. I love like stories of like cities or places um, or people that are building things like, you know, like I want to know who is, I want to talk to like, the owner of my favorite coffee shop, Buja Cafe in Burundi. But like, so, so how come you didn't talk to him when you were there? Um, well, You're too I busy? actually learned that they <laughs> live in Canada. <laughs> well, now we got a story to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like that. So I don't have a story that I'm reluctant to share. Um, and I would also like to do some personal narrative stories, like especially about, I've recently started to be interested in uh, in our family history so that's something that i think i'm gonna do in because i feel like a lot of burundian families we know our stories by just you know word of mouth Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of uh, written or preserved stories of our family so when i go back home to kumutumba where my father is from i'm like and 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 you know, as you know, like a lot of Burundi, my, my some of my dad's siblings are dead or killed or things like that. Yeah. So I'd love to, because if my dad passes away, God forbid, then that's the end of you know, he's the only one that's sort of like him and his sister that are left that can tell the story because my granddad is gone, it's passed, and my grandma. Um, and so 
it, it's so weird not having those stories about, you know, is that the place that they've always lived? And if not, that's not the place. Because you know how, like, people say this is our village or Kugakumotumba or whatever, but they've been migration. Maybe they're from a different place, but they moved there for other reasons. Yeah. All those stories I really like, but I don't have the capacity to produce them right now. So. Now, I, I would encourage you to do it because it's a whole nother feeling. I've been lucky to have you know, aunts who are interested, but even right. then it feels like it's a summary because right. they, they repeat the same thing. And right. it's so condensed that, cause they want you to understand certain things are important, but, and then leave out like, how, like, how do we go from A to C? Like there's a yeah. B there's missing. That's the one right. I want to hear, you know? Right. And right. sometimes it's the, I guess the incongruence of telling a personal story. There's, we all, we tend to edit a lot when it's yeah. oral. And yeah. I hate that because then I feel like there's always something that is not allowing me to, to be, you know, to shape my own understanding of self, right? Yeah. So yeah. I encourage you and you well, said they also, something. They also go only so far, right? Because, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, we don't know like what happened, like great-grandfather, you know, maybe grandfather, maybe great-grandfather, but before that, there's probably no history. So I don't know, like I'd love to do stories like that and not just of my family of like other people's stories maybe to someone like who was a diaspora going home to find about out about their family and following them for that journey that would be so interesting but, yeah, and that's cool. that's that's a big production you know yeah. so oh, yeah, exactly exactly but so you know what if you ever do it and there's you know opportunities to join in let me know whatever i can oh, do <laughs> you know no, I, I, I was like, i'm actually like <laughs> i'm a joiner so yeah. <laughs> absolutely i'll let you know i'll let you if i have a project that is like big and i need more people on um i'll definitely hit you up so that we can, we can no problem um you d we have one last question i think no no uh, we have two more questions right. um your podcast is evolving what are some of the questions that you intend to answer in the near future, let's say? Um, so near future, um, so, there, so I want, so I'm, a lot of people that know me think I'm very serious, which I mean, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I am a serious person, but I'm also, I, I, I like easy, fun stories. So I want to find going forward, and I feel like, I've done heavy topics so far. Like if you go to finding Burundi, you're finding like political stuff. And it's, I mean, I, it's me. That's who I am. I love this stuff. But I would like to also do like lighthearted things um, and human interest stories. And like, so I don't have questions per se, uh, but I can tell you about the direction that I'm going to be taking going forward, which should be a mix of lighthearted stories and of course some serious things like politics and things that i'm interested in so i just wanted to be more well-rounded that's pretty cool no fiction yeah. uh no 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 fiction yet because uh so i i mean like in the long run i would love for finding burundi to become like a media company uh okay. that branches out to do different things uh not just podcasts but also audio rather video animation um stuff like that um, but that's for hopefully like the hey man at least you say it out at, at least you yeah. know what you want so you, yeah. you can negotiate the future better like you say oh so the next question was uh and what format is it audio movies books you know 
So you just answered the questions. Now, yeah. no, I mean, I hope that like in the future it can become, and and for me, the thing about it too, like it can become sort of like the English media, um, uh, me, the English media center of Burundi. So you can find, and not just like, you know, like I say podcasts, but you can find like movies, um, animation, books, all sorts of things. But like, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's for the future. <laughs> you know what? On a personal note, I think that people like us who tend to, who want to research about Burundi, who want to know about Burundi, we all want that, right? So right, right. If, if you do it, you know you're going to have, you have my support, you know? Oh, you. However <laughs> way you do it, because I created Turikume and it became into like, it, it literally, it, it, it was a devolution basically, because it was just yeah. like, you know what, this is an opportunity to do all those little things that I had in right. my mind and it's turning into a media company, but it's, you know, I just keep bringing people on like, cause That's I know, awesome. yeah. Cause you know how it is. You, you do a podcast. Yeah. I like to talk about that. I like to talk about, I like, and then it just piles up and then yeah. all of a sudden you just want to take a break from thinking about it and you walk <laughs> right. away. Right. So I just keep looking for people bring bring it on bring more more stories 10 minute stories one minute stories but i'm moving towards fiction because i feel oh, like that's awesome that's a yeah. there's a gap there for sure there's a huge gap and yeah. also i think we also need to start learning how to reimagine yeah because as you reimagine you tend to correct and you admit things that you won't admit in real life so right. i've been working with you know the, the friend i just told you about he i'm moving into publishing so i'm gonna sign him to publish an album uh you know uh i don't know what it's gonna be but it's fun awesome. <laughs> i'm just doing it because it's fun. no just do it <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> whatever it turns out and if you become a big media company and i have a catalog you know if you have good money i might sell it to you you know hey, listen, you man. never know <laughs> but possible. um do you have any questions that something that you wouldn't you would like to ask to many people not burundians or just people who listen to podcasts a question like and this is a surprise question i know but i have i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you my questions what is it? my question is why do you listen to podcasts you know that's my question i ask people i don't know if you want to answer it but maybe do you want to ask a question to to the listeners i want to leave people with a question why do you listen to podcasts you know um i don't know i, I feel like so i mean I, uh, to uh, if i can ask a question to anybody uh, i think the question i would ask is if you it wouldn't be a question but rather a comment i know I, <laughs> That's good. I want to. I'm sorry that you put me on the spot, but it wouldn't be a question necessarily because, I mean, you can ask like a general question, like, you know, what are you trying to do in life? Uh, but like, you know, COVID and life has told us that life <laughs> is just so hard right now. Uh, a lot of people are suffering. The world is upside down. So many things are going wrong. Um, and right now, everybody's just really like trying to survive uh, in COVID. So it's a very difficult time. But I think. In terms of you know my podcast and Fine Burundi and the things that I try to do, um, there, I think someone's quote who said if you if you write the book that you want to read or something or start the podcast that you want to hear, tweet to the things that you want to tweet, <laughs> um, <laughs> something like that. So that that I wouldn't ask a question, but I would tell people to um, to do the things that they feel is missing. So. 
I couldn't find a, a brilliant podcast in English, so I started one. Um, and I do the best that I can for my podcast. Um, I, I'm actually like my own number one fan. I love it. Uh, I love it. But also, I'm also a, a fan of podcasts in general. So yeah. I love like Turikume. Really, really love it. Um, I think what you guys are doing is what you guys are doing is great. Um, so yeah, uh, I wouldn't ask a question, but I would just leave a statement to say, uh, write the book that you want to read. That's pretty cool, man. Uh, so we're going to end here. We're going to thank Alain, Alain for coming on the podcast and allowing us to discover why he podcasts and who he is. And for more, go check out Finding Burundi. And hopefully you learn about Burundi the same way he's been teaching us his, you know, his understanding and his guests. And um, like he said, you want to see a world that you don't see outside? Go make it, you know. That's, what, that's podcasting, right? So exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the record. If you I don't know if you have questions for me or sorry um, sorry one sec yeah. one sec oh. go again sorry. Oh thanks a lot for for having me on your show. Is everything okay? You are in recording. No, I was recording. I stopped. Now I'm recording. I don't know how much I'm gonna keep. Oh. Wait, when did you stop? <laughs> I I said I'm gonna go off the record. Right. And I oh, record no, it again. Ah, if that's the case, you can always edit that out. Oh, as as, oh so it's going to give me everything? Yeah, as long as it's recording. No, it wasn't recording. Like, I was recording, went off uh -huh. record, and then I said, wait, so I can record again. Oh, okay. So you weren't recording then? Do you want no, to start I, recording now? Now I'm recording. Now I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm worried if you, if you, like, click stop, you lose the f first part. No, no, no. It'll be fine. If it's that, if it's that part specifically, uh, you may lose what I said, but I was just saying thank you for having me on your show. So that's fine. You can always add that on. All right. Please add it on. Please. Okay. <laughs> All right. I can, I'll just repeat myself. I'm so bad at technology, man. Like, it's just... You, don't tell anybody. Like, no, this, I, a I podcast is so horrible. You just record everything. Don't stop. Okay. Okay. So what I do is I'll record everything, and then I'll always have a notebook to... If I want to make it easy, to record the minute within which I need to edit... So if okay. like here now that we're off tangent, I'd record what minute it is. So then I like write it down somewhere. So I know when I'm doing my edits, I can just go to that minute. That's when I know I will cut like five minutes or three minutes or whatever. And then, yeah. You know what? Okay. This this last part is actually very useful for podcasters. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I might keep it. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. All right. Well, thank you for having me on the show. This has been a pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that I could be here and 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 glad that you're doing this show. Whether you're doing Turikumwe, it's always good to see other Burundian people doing uh, things that are good for, for, for our community. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And uh, hopefully we get to talk soon. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. May I have your attention? This is your captain speaking. Thank you for choosing Tuguma Air Boeing 257. For your entertainment pleasure, Please pull out your mobile devices and open up your YouTube application. Search for Tuguma Dori, that is T-U-G-U-M-A space D-O-R-I, and tune into Burundian Insta Connection, which is a show that airs live every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. and Canada and 6 p.m. in Burundi. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show with yours truly, the captain, 
and my co-pilot, DJ iFlabs. Tuguma, out.